This is a 54-year-old white male. He's a boat captain. He was admitted at Broward General Hospital with a history of about 30 to 50 pounds weight loss, rectal bleeding, and changing bowel habits, more or less for two months. And finally, he developed bowel obstruction and went to the hospital. Did a colonoscopy and found an adenocarcinoma about 22 centimeters at distance. He did have a complete staging by the surgeon, but that was before they sent it to me. And he had CAT scan. The lungs were clear. The liver was clear. The CAT scan was so advanced in the area at the sigmoid that they felt that it was invading the bladder even by CAT scan. So at the time of surgery, when they did exploratory laparotomy, they included a urological surgeon because they thought it might have to have some bladder type of surgery. Were they able to traverse the primary tumor with the colonoscopy? No. Could you talk a little bit more about this man and his lifestyle and whether he had delayed coming in? Yeah, well, this is a very stoic man. He calls himself a boat captain. I was, he's kind of a homeless, almost, living in his boat in the New River and from time to time delivering a boat for the Caribbean. When you talk to him, he has intelligence, being able to navigate all this area and deliver boats without a GPS time. If you are in a sailor, you know what I'm talking about. So he did have some certain intelligence, but a very poor compliance and very stoic being able to live in a little boat without air conditioning in the summer and so forth. So he was a tough guy, and so he minimized his symptoms. I'm sure he did have more. He had talked more to him and said, well, the problem is he probably didn't have any facilities in the boat. as having bowel habits change with diarrhea, constipation, and so forth. I was very worried about treating him because of compliance issue, but it turned out that he did comply better. But he was a single man, sort of a typical individual that smokes and drinks. And when it comes to me, he was very neglected, very young, and somehow he did comply very well with the treatment. He went to surgery? He went to surgery. He had exploratory laparotomy in November 2001. They found a very large tumor. The tumor was about 5 centimeters. It was fixed to the pelvic wall, and it was invading the bladder. So much so that the urological surgeon didn't think he could do much. He had some peritoneal implants, so they sort of do they did a palliative colostomy and close him and just send it to medical oncology, which in this case was me. I would like to get your thoughts in terms of how you would approach this patient. Anything else you want to say before we hear what they would do? No, he was fairly cachectic, but still treatable by the time he came to me. So, Charlie, how would you think through therapy at this point? Obviously, this gentleman's presenting with metastatic disease and presumably a palliative setting. At issue, I think it's appropriate that you ask, is his social situation and how that influences your decision. Is this somebody who can be compliant with therapy? Is this somebody who can handle a CAD pump? For instance, if you were to give full Fox, is this somebody who can reliably handle that? That is, come on Wednesday to get their initial full Fox and then get disconnected somewhere other in your office or elsewhere two days later and not run into problems with management of their CAD pump and their port. And this is somebody, obviously, where I would incorporate a social worker in terms of trying to sort out what we can and can't do. My preference would be to give somebody like this full Fox, but I'd want to make sure that they can manage through it. Full Fox or full Fox plus Avastin? Well, I think it's an excellent question, which is, maybe you weren't alluding to this, but what does peritoneal disease make you more worried about perforation in a patient like this? And I think that's a consideration, but I would probably err on Folfox plus Avastin. What about radiation therapy? You know, I think that's certainly a thought. I would probably start with systemic therapy and see whether they get a good response, because they might very well, and then contemplate radiation if necessary. Dan? I was going to ask Charlie the question about radiation. We don't normally think of it in this situation, 
But I think now with patients with locally advanced and metastatic colorectal cancer living four and five years, you have to think of your game plan for the entire length of life of that patient. And the best thing that could happen is that he would develop distant metastatic disease and die out there somewhere, but without aggressive disease in the pelvis causing pelvic pain, urinary problems, need for urinary diversion. So I would agree. I would think of starting him like a rectal cancer patient. I wouldn't be necessarily averse to using bevacizumab in this setting. Best chemotherapy plus bevacizumab, if he looks like he's handling that well, think about radiation therapy with the possibility that he actually could undergo either a very good regression and not need surgery or the thought of surgery even though he has peritoneal disease and it's not curative. I think we're raising more and more the issue of non-curative debulking surgery to affect quality, if not length of life, in patients like this. That's what we do with liver metastases in many patients. Actually, I would say that wasn't quite the best possibility. What actually happened, I would say, was the best possibility. Okay. Well, you have to take in consideration that at that time, we were not using Folfoxo of Austin. This is November of 2001. Right. And we treated more or less with a modified chemotherapy type of Roswell Park. We treated him with 5-FU and Locovorin. We started in January 2002, and we went all the way to October 2002, eight or 10 months. Four weeks on and two weeks off. At the beginning, we had problems with compliance, but we had such a good team there. With such a loving care, people, they convinced him that it was important for him, and they kept bringing him back. It was tough living in a boat, but it was done. It was interesting that the CEA, the liver was clean and the lungs were clean. The pre-op CEA was about four. It went to 4.2 at one particular time. But then it kept going down as you treated with chemotherapy to the point that it had stabilized at 1.7. So you could see in treating him that every time you see him, he felt better. He was gaining weight. He had already a diverting palliative colostomy. So that had been taken care of, but he was improving in many ways, gaining weight and asymptomatic. Then about the end of the year, I tried to, in a couple of occasions, restage him with CT scans of the pelvis, abdomen, and lung, and find out that he was doing extremely well. So getting the surgeon back in the picture, I said, okay, we, the man started insisting, I want my colostomy reverse because it would be easier for me and so forth. What was actually seen in the tumor when you restaged him with a CAT scan? There was just no disease. There was nothing there? No disease. By then, I was able to show the surgeon, look what we had, the CT scan, look what's happened to the CEA, and look what happened to this man. I think he deserved another exploratory laparotomy. We do have a couple of very good surgeons in our program. And finally, they did another exploratory laparotomy, almost like a second look. Did you have a colonoscopy? Yes, they have colonoscopy twice. They didn't find anything in the colonoscopy, and it was up. That was the point of my question earlier, is people like this need completion colonoscopies, particularly in the curative patients. I was caught once where somebody didn't get one done, and they finished their adjuvant therapy to find a second primary. It's about 3% of people have synchronous tumors. Well, that was useful to me, too, to be able to convince the surgeon to go in because of the negative uh, normal colonoscopy. So he did have exploratory laparotomy in April 3rd, 2003, by oncological surgeon, the two of them. No disease was found at all. They explored him well. They resected the sigmoid colon. They closed the colostomy. And then in the pathological specimen, I even reviewed them before this meeting to be sure. And it was just no disease left. And I think he believed in doctors now. And he became very compliant and comes every three months. And we've been checking him with regular colonoscopy, CT scans. Uh, I do believe, like you, I believe in surveillance 
basic situation like this. And up to now, I saw him about two weeks ago, and he's totally normal, normal life, delivering boats. And actually, I had to tell him not to eat that much. He was gaining too much weight. But he's 100% for my status. Dan, any thoughts? Yeah, I do, too. One, he was very lucky to have you as a doc to push him through his treatment. But the other is, as the artist said, less is more. Sometimes with the unbridled enthusiasm we have for more is more with the new biologics and multiple drugs. And when we see someone doing really, really well for the oldsters in the crowd, like us, there are some patients who are just highly sensitive to 5-FU alone, even by the most simple measures. And if you throw a few of those in the mix, you're going to be impressed no matter what regimen you do. I mean, probably this guy is not going to be cured based on his presentation. They probably didn't get all the peritoneal disease, but you certainly did him a big favor. And I agree, surveil him for sure, because when he relapses, this is somebody who know is sensitive to 5-FU. You have a whole panoply of drugs you didn't have in 2001. And again, radiation therapy might be an issue. So you're creating a new history of how to treat advanced colorectal cancer. When you say radiation therapy, the obstruction has already been palliated. Radiation therapy where? to the pelvis for peritoneal disease, because if he had fixation high. to the sidewall. Yeah. No, it isn't actually. It's been tested. There are very few patients in the extra pelvic colon that radiation should be considered in, but this might be one, because you know exactly where the original peritoneal disease was. So I'm not advocating it. It's just that there was an intergroup trial of chemotherapy with and without radiation therapy. Unfortunately, it was a small study with a very heterogeneous patient population, that didn't have a positive endpoint, but like many trials that don't have a positive endpoint, it was also not a null hypothesis study. It didn't show benefit, but it was never powered to show a benefit that most of us would be considered clinically relevant. It looked so at in, the wrong patients. It looked at the wrong patients because they didn't have enough of these patients. They put in four positive node patients. So the truth is that every once in a while, a patient will come along, and in our multidisciplinary clinic like this, we would say, what if this patient came back only with localized peritoneal disease in that area that was not operable. Would you ever consider another local regional approach? And we might. When you mentioned November 2001, I thought you were going to say that you had given bolus IFL. Was that a consideration when you were seeing the patient? Well, as I said, I was concerned about compliance in this patient too, very much so. And I wanted to choose something that was easier for him too, Mm -hmm. which it worked out okay. So if we had sent this tumor to Heinz-Joseph Lentz, Charlie, up front, what would he have found to predict this responsiveness? I think it's a great question, and maybe you still should send the tumor to Heinz. I don't think we know. Presumably, I think we probably all have a few, not many, unfortunately, but a few of these patients who have these extraordinary responses. There are so few of them, and probably somebody should get together and say, let's collect the path on all, at least get the paraffin blocks on all these people and figure out what is it about them. I have a patient who was presented to me, his brother is one of the big malpractice attorneys in Philadelphia, and the patient himself is a functioning schizophrenic. It was the ideal setup, you know, for me. And he presented with a primary colon cancer that was resected with multiple mesenteric and peritoneal implants that were visible on CT scan. And so you can tell how long ago this was. I treated him with IFL. It was February of 2002. And he had a great response. And at one point, as many functioning schizophrenics have, that he has very forced speech. And he sat there, and it was a little bit like the film with Dustin Hoffman in, and he said, why are we still treating? Why are we still treating? And I said, well, you know, Amy DeGramont is asking that question with Fall Fox. I said, good question, Norman. Why don't we stop? 
And I stopped, and he's been in an unmaintained remission now for over two years with no growth. In fact, he is just now developing a lesion near his duodenum. It's a duodenal implant, and it's just a little bit impinging on it. So I suspect I'll be treating him soon before it becomes transmural. But four years ago, I never would have guessed that this guy would have been still asking me the same question. What do we know about the natural history of these super responders? Is there a time point at which you can say they're not going to recur? Or unlikely to recur? You mean, are there cures with yes. metastatic disease? I think there must be a few out there, but they must be very small. Again, I'm basing that partly now on the data that was presented at ASCO, is that even in the people who had liver metastases, which are generally among the most sensitive areas to chemotherapy, that of those that were clinical complete responders by PET, MRI, and CT, only a few single-digit lesions, not patients, but lesions were actually pathologic. So unless there's another mechanism whereby the body takes care of residual disease, because it isn't always true that cancer kills, it might be that those patients could live their natural lifespan with those liver metastases viable but not visible, in which case we're all happy. Not to trade stories, but in 1995, Mace Rothenberg led a study of 5-FU leucovorin Mayo Clinic alternating with arena TCAN on a monthly basis. We all enrolled patients. I had one guy with numerable liver lesions who had a CR who to this day is still disease-free. And again, I look at that guy and say, somebody's got to figure out what it is about this guy that led to this. Bill? I have one also, rectal cancer with multiple liver metastases. I've been following him about 18 years. He had about a year of chemotherapy with 5-FU leucophore, and I still see him once a year. Still, this is colostomy, no evidence of disease. We've double back, looked at the path, absolutely certified case. I know many people have never seen one case in their whole career like that. Do you think, Dan, this is something that should be brought up as a possibility to a patient who's presenting, who's being treated for metastatic disease, or is it so uncommon that it's really false optimism? I tell them that they always want to know, do miracles happen? And I say, yes, they do, and that's why they're called miracles, because they don't come along very often. But I think one of the things that happens is the patient that was presented, one of the first patients we heard about, where there was a question, should you treat this patient or not even, and all of a sudden they have this wonderful response that you couldn't predict. It would be nice, I guess, if we could tell people up front. What I tell people is, if I'm going to treat you, and we'll see. If you respond and you have good results, you're going to have good results. But I can't tell you now that you're going to be one of those people. But I'm not going to do anything to bias you from being one of those people by assuming that you're not. One thing interesting about this patient is that he has changed his life totally. He used to be a long hair, just neglected. Now he's got just a clean-cut guy. I mean, just clean. I think he takes a bath. I don't know where, but he does. And he had changed his whole approach to society to the point that in this last hurricane, he was standing in the river, and he dedicated his time to save all the boats and people. I mean, he has changed physically and mentally his life. Sociologically, he has become a very good citizen right now. Well, next month is the 49th anniversary of the patent for 5-FU, so tell him he can celebrate in August of 2007 for a drug that not only may have cured him of his cancer, but turned him into an upstanding George Bush citizen.